You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. Quick, so that we can pray for people. It's going to be good. Hey, uh, so we came here, a little backstory, because I know there's um, a bunch of people that don't really know our story and, and who we are. So me and my wife came here about 15 and a half years ago. We weren't dating at that time. She was obviously into me. <laughs> She's only human. She is only human. Listen. And uh, I, I, like, I like movies. I like um, a little backstory on me. I, lo- I love movies. I love movies. And uh, that's why the theater is being shut down. It's just really horrible. It's really, 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 really put a wrench in the plans here. I love Marvel movies. I love Guardians of the Galaxy with what's his name? Peter Quill. I love uh, Lord of the Rings is definitely my favorite. I don't know if you guys love Lord of the Rings, but that's my number one favorite. I mean, that stuff, I will watch that in that scene at the end where the King Aragorn says to the hobbits, my friends, you bow to no one. Oh my goodness. Like that, if that doesn't get you, you're not human. Anyways, that's a little, so we came to this church 15 and a half years ago and not, not, not together. And then we, we, Basically said, we're going to do anything you want, Pastor Jurgen, sign us up. After a little while, Pastor Jurgen asked Brianna and I to start the youth at this church. I'm like, I got no idea. I got, I got no idea what that's like, but if she's coming, I'm in. So one thing led to the next. She couldn't keep her hands off me, so we had to get married. And it was just this whole crazy, crazy story. After four years of her pursuing me and me being like, I'm just trying to go for God, would you back off? And finally, I'm like, okay, it's the opposite of that. It's very frustrating. Um, and uh, so we, we, we were in ministry here basically from the beginning and, and doing youth and doing a bunch of other things. And that was our life. That was everything. We had four kids in the middle of it, but it was like seven days a week all the time. That's what we did. That's what we loved. And then about two and a half years ago, everything changed. And what, what we had, basically, we let go of. And, and we stepped into a new season. And that was the toughest season of our life because I, I, I loved ministry because I knew the fight that we were fighting was the greatest thing I could do with my life. And then to leave that, I felt like I was letting people down. I felt like I was letting my city down. I was letting teenagers down. I was letting my my church down because all I wanted to do was fight. And now I took a step back. And I remember at that moment when everything like that took place, I I went and and was praying and basically, God, what's up, man? This is messed up. This is messed up. What are you doing? And I remember God speaking to me at that moment. And that's where this message today is coming from was that moment two and a half years ago where I sat down basically complaining to God. And God says, Listen, you know me as one thing, but I'm about to reintroduce myself to you as something else. I'm about to reintroduce myself to you as something else. And that's why the title of this message is First Impressions. And first impressions matter, right? You get one. That's why it's called the first impression. You get one. When I meet you today, you get one, right? So, for, for example, uh, first impression, back years ago, we had the first funeral, um, and the first person die in our church, and the first, first funeral take place, and I was asked to do the funeral, which is cool, but it was the first one in our church. And I don't know about you, but, but at funerals, you get one shot. One shot. Weddings, if, most weddings, you get one shot, sometimes a couple, but most weddings... Most weddings and funerals, you got one shot. So if you screw it up, they're not having you back next week to do another one. 
Like I was telling last service, if I screwed up last service, I get another shot today. Well, there you get one shot. So I'm already nervous, and we've never done a funeral in the church. I call up Pastor Stacy, who was our pastoral care director at the time. I said, hey, what do we got for funeral? She goes, nothing. But when you're done, can you send me what you got? I'm asking Pastor Jurgen, Pastor John, what do you got? They're like, oh, I got nothing. I don't know. You just like encourage them and fill them with hope. I'm like, cool. That's great if it was just in a room like this where I'm encouraging people. But then they say they want to have a gravesite service after the, the traditional memorial. And I'm sitting down with the spouse, and she's talking to people about what she wants. And then she gets to the gravesite part, and she says, well, when we get to that, you know what to do. I'm like, no, I don't. I have no idea what to do, and nobody I know knows what to do. So I'm on, on Google at the funeral. Googling, what do you say at a gravesite? I'm not kidding. This is not an exaggeration. I have all of these Catholic words memorized. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Do I sprinkle dirt on the thing? I don't know. I don't know what to do, but I'm so nervous because I get one first impression with these people. But the thing is, it only gets worse at that moment. I'm nervous. We, we, we Inside was okay, and then we go outside, and it's summer. It's like 95 degrees, and I'm standing, and we get to the gravesite. I ask the guy who works there, what do you do? He has no help whatsoever. So I sit next. Uh, uh, we get out there, and, and the casket's here, and they're about to lower their loved one in there, and they make me stand right next to it, and they're all right here. And I'm incredibly nervous, so my, my words are um, they're missing and my thoughts are missing and and I'm trying to break the ice kind of like I'm trying to do here with this story I'm trying to break the ice so people can get to know me like you know a little joke and with the casket behind me and the loved ones crying in front of me I say hey thanks so much for for being here I'm going to be really quick it's super hot out here and I don't want anybody to die while I'm leaning against someone dead. <sighs> Needless to say, I, all I could think of, I just prayed every prayer I had memorized, and then I ran out of that place. The great thing about our pastor is he just laughs. So you get one first impression. So this is what I learned. With, with people, you get one first impression, but with God, you get many. With God, it's not just a one impression of his nature, of his goodness, of his kindness. You don't just, get, you don't just find out who God is in one, one moment. You find out who God is multiple times. I would say thousands of times you find out who God is. And when I was preparing this message, or when I was, it was more of a message for me that God was ministering to my heart. He said, David, you know me as one thing. I'm about to show you who I am. I'm about to show you something different. I'm about to show you who you didn't know I was. So I was all this, let's go take ground, let's take territory, let's go for it. You probably noticed from all the screaming and yelling, I'm a little bit passionate about what I do. So I knew God is the lion of the tribe of Judah, but God says, I'm about to teach you that I'm also the lamb that was slain. I, I, I knew who God was as something else. I knew that, that my God was somebody who empowers me, like David says, to leap over a wall, to take territory, to take ground. And God said, I'm also going to show you that I am the God that makes you lie down in green pastures. He says, you have known me as one thing and it was good for a season, but now I'm about to show you who I am in a different season because you need that. So my prayer today and what I know is you have known God in here as one way and today he's about to show you a whole different facet of his nature. A whole different thing of who he is. That's who God is and that's what he does. I knew him as a God who shouts so that my enemies would be afraid. 
But God wanted to show me that he was also a God who whispers to show me that he's close. Today, what's the God that you know? What has he shown you? What has the life been like? Today, he wants to show you something new. Today, he wants to do something different in your world. Today, he wants to do something that you didn't even know he could do. How amazing is that? We, the Bible is filled with stories, God doing things that nobody knew he could do. When the children of Israel walked in front of the Red Sea, they thought, that's it. It is over. And then what did God do? He did something that nobody knew could be done. When Daniel was thrown into the lion's den, what did God do? He did something that nobody knew could be done. He shut the mouth of the lion. When David stepped on the battlefield to fight Goliath, God took down Goliath and showed us he could do something that nobody knew could be done. What do you think is impossible today that God can do for you? Nobody knew that a man could hang on a cross and die and three days later come right back out again. Nobody knew that a, a dead man named Lazarus could be dead for days wrapped up where the body was stinking. As soon as Jesus shows up into his life, a, a dead person comes back to life again. A blind man sees again. A crippled man walks again. I don't know what your problem is today. It might not be as great as that, but I'm telling you, God can do something you didn't even know was possible. Why? Because he can and he does what he wants to. Who am I to tell God he can't heal somebody? Who am I to tell God he can't bring revival? Who am I to tell God he can't heal the sick, part the seas, open the eyes of the blind, give you a house, give you multiple houses? Who am I to tell God he can't do what everybody said cannot be done? He loves doing that. He loves using who he wants, doing what he wants. That's what he takes pleasure in. That's my God. All right, band can come up. We've got a few minutes and then what is going on? All right, let me read a, a scripture, actually. That's a good idea. Here we go. Mark chapter 5, verse 21. I'm going to go quick. The Bible says this. It says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, because sometimes you got to get the wrong people out of your life and the right people in your life. There are places you're about to go that the people in your life right now might not be able to go. 
They're going to keep you from stepping into that place of miracle, that resurrection power that you need in your life. There are people you got to disconnect from so you can step into the plan and purpose God has for you. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but is sleeping. And they ridiculed him. But when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. The story is what I want to talk about. Because we see the story of this man who has faith enough to find who Jesus is who left his synagogue where at that point those rulers kind of despised Jesus because they were teaching Jesus was teaching something different than they were. But he has faith enough to go and find Jesus. When he finds Jesus, he convinces Jesus to come with him. And so Jesus walks with him, but on the way to go heal his daughter who is dying at the very moment, Jesus gets distracted. Jesus gets distracted and Jairus gets disappointed. And that's so often what can happen in our life on the way. You feel like on the way, my miracle is coming. My miracle is happening. I got Jesus' attention. Maybe that was yesterday. Maybe that was 10 years ago. Maybe that was a year ago. I don't know how long you've been praying for your miracle, but it felt like along the way, Jesus got distracted and now you're disappointed. And now you feel like, now you're sitting in here, you don't even want to lift your hands and worship. And and our excuse is, well, I'm just not into that anymore. It's not that. It's because along the way somewhere, your passion got taken from you because you got disappointed because your miracle didn't come when you thought it would come. And today what God wants to do is he wants to introduce you to himself again. What I love about God is in this place, we can all have a very similar destination, but God's method to get us there is very different. God will always have a different method. But a same result in the end. So many of us are obsessed with the destination. We want this. We got to have that. We're obsessed with the destination. And we think once we get to that destination, that's who we will be. When somebody gets a doctorate, they're, they're not a doctor because of their title. They're a doctor because of the journey to get to the title. What you're going to have and who you are, you are not defined by your destination. You are defined by your journey. Your journey at this moment right now. You might be discouraged. Guess what? You're still sitting here right now. And I know that if you're still here, God is not done with you. He is not done with your life. He can reintroduce you to who he is. He can give you another impression of his goodness, of his greatness, how he's for you and not against you. So we see this happen to this man. We see disappointment set in. We see everything change for him. And then as he watches somebody else get a miracle when his daughter is dying, people from his house come to him and let him know that his daughter is dead. And this is where everything changes. This is kind of the whole point of of this message today that we can understand. In this moment, not only is he now disappointed, but now there's death in his life. Now from every logical person, you would think it's over. It's dead. My dream, I'm too old. I don't know what you're walking through, but you might think your dream is dead because you're too old or too broke. Whatever it is, but you've been that disappointed because from everybody around, if you were to ask them, they would say, it's over, it's done with. So these people come to the ruler's life, Jairus, and the crazy thing is, is they look and they say, 
Don't bother the teacher anymore. I wonder how many of us have started calling God teacher when he should be Lord. I wonder how many of us used to fall at the feet of Jesus like Jivers, but then when disappointment took place, we now change his title to teacher. We now change him to something else, a teacher because he couldn't heal, he couldn't redeem, he couldn't restore, he couldn't set me free from that thing. I've been coming to every single freedom altar call for the last 12 years, and it still hasn't taken place, so he's not God anymore, he's just teacher. I'm saddened at how many churches out there right now have reduced my God, my Savior, my healer, my Redeemer to just a teacher. He's just not somebody with eloquent words. He is an almighty God that can resurrect things that are dead. He's a God that parts the Red Seas, that resurrects people who who have died, who opens the eyes of the blind, who sets captives free. He is a God that every single day lives in the realm of the impossible. Stop telling yourself he's just a teacher. I know you've been disappointed. I know you had a setback. I know those things have taken place. But today, God can show you again. He is no longer just a teacher. He is no longer just a philosopher or just a good thinker. No, no, no. He is the living Son of God who will resurrect every dream and hope that you ever had. That is what he does best. At that moment, they call call him teacher, and Jesus is distracted by this woman. But as soon as they call him teacher, he stops and he says, no. At that word, everything changes. He said, yesterday I was a teacher, but not today. A year ago I was a teacher, but not today. When you saw me before, I was a teacher, but today I'm a healer. Today I'm on a mission to bring things that were dead back to life again. That's what God wants to do today. Can you leave what you thought about God behind and step into who God says he is? The Alpha and the Omega. The Prince of Peace, the mighty God, the Lamb that was slain, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the one who was and is and is to come, the name that's above every other name, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who crushed the head of Satan, the one who is not dead but is more alive today than he has ever been. Can you get reintroduced to God again? That's where freedom takes place. In your mind, if you could think today, God, reintroduce me to yourself. Let's stand to our feet. You might have needed a teacher yesterday, but today you need a chain breaker. Today you need somebody who can resurrect things that were dead. this altar up in just a second and I want you as we do to run down here if you're saying okay God I need that I've been disappointed I've been hurt I've been in bondage for so many years and I don't even know how to get free from this thing you can have an opportunity to come down here and God can show you something about him that you've never known before I'm not saying that this this is not a message for people that only know a little bit about God. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter if you know the Bible from front to back. If you know every memory verse, you can you, you know everything in Hebrew and Greek and backwards and forwards and all that sort of thing. I'm saying that no matter how long or how short you have known God, he will show you something that can rock your world today if you let him. 
This is not a message for the select few. This is a message for the church of God to understand, God, now is the time. I need you to show me something new. I need it because I'm holding on by a thread. And I just need you to tell me again how great you are. Set me free from my old mindsets. Set me free from how I thought about you. And show me something different today. So I want you to do this first. I want you to close your eyes where you are. And today I want to give you an opportunity if, if you've never met Jesus before, you don't know him as your personal Lord and Savior. That's the first step. That's the beginning. When that takes place, everything changes. Maybe you've never been introduced to him ever before. And this can be that moment. So all I'm going to do is this. I'm going to ask you on the count of three. We're not going to call you forward. We're just going to ask you to lift your hand on the count of three with every head bowed and every eye closed. The reason I'm doing that is because making a, a public declaration right now is one of the most powerful things you can do. God can hear you if you pray it in your heart, absolutely. But there is something powerful that takes place when you lift your hand and say, okay, God, I'm surrendering everything again to you. On the count of three, if you want to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior, maybe this is the first time that you want to make that decision. Maybe you made the decision 30 years ago and you're saying, you know what? I can learn a new thing. Maybe you're far from God. Maybe you're close to God. Maybe there's just that decision. You say, God, I've been holding on to who you were yesterday and I want to know who you are today. So if you want to give your life to Jesus on the count of three, I just want you to lift your hand up nice and high today. Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Dusty, just lift your hand up nice and high. Amazing. Just keep your hand up because God's going to minister to your heart right now. Yeah, I see these hands everywhere. It's awesome. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Let's give it another 10 seconds because I know there's some people. Just lift your hand and say, God, here we are today making that decision to follow you, to run after you, to be my king, my savior. We are so proud of you. One of our team knows who you are. They have a Bible for you. And all they want to do is meet you, love on you, pray with you, get to know you. So what we're going to do right now is the uh, worship team is going gonna, is gonna to sing and we're all going to be able to get ministered today. If you know that you need prayer, you want somebody to stand with you, if you're saying, that's me, I want to be reintroduced to the good nature of God again. I've lost hope. I, I, I don't know what to believe or you've put God in a box of being just a good teacher and you want him to be the king of kings again in your world need freedom from anything, freedom from addictions, from this torment, from this thing that, that's been keeping you back, from, you know, going, stepping into what God has for you. We're going to pray for you, and if that's everybody or a few people, we're going to ask you to come forward and get prayer. So we're going to sing right now, and I want to encourage you at this moment to make that decision. God, here I am. I'm ready to get set free. I'm ready to step into all that you have for me pushing everything aside and saying, God, here I am. Show me something new. I need freedom today. This is not just a moment. Let me reiterate, this is not just for a couple people. There's so many people in here right now that you just need to say, God, here I am. I need you in my world. I need you this year especially. God, show me something that you've never done before. Show me your power. Show me your glory. Break chains. Show me heaven. Show me freedom. God, I want to step into my calling again. God, resurrect things that were dead restore things that were taken from me. Open my eyes again. Set me free. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.